the JT and Looney Podcast, episode 120. Thank you so much for downloading. You know, football might be over for this season, but basketball's in full steam. You got March Madness coming up. You got NBA playoffs coming up. A lot of good stuff to bet on. Odds, totals, player performance props. You can bet on all those things, even the next fired coach. Who's that going to be, and where's he going to land? You can bet on that stuff at Bet Online, the number one spot for all your betting needs, including really cool props. Head over to Bet Online. Use your phone or do it at home. Get a 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with the JT and Looney podcast. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, like the Believe Radio Network. It's spelled B-L-E-A-V. And get yourself started with that bonus. Bet online is really cool. They got your favorite casino games, and you can bet on NBA, hockey, college basketball, boxing, UFC. Your number one online wagering destination. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games is Bet Online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts. My alarm went off. It said it's time to podcast. Okay, I love it. I love it. I believe it is episode number 120. If my memory serves me correctly, and I have almost total instant recall. That's a good number. That's a, it's not a milestone. You need 150 or 200. Well, we love round numbers in America. We didn't, we would never celebrate 119, right? We wouldn't celebrate the 19th anniversary of a, a comedy or a tragedy, but we would celebrate the 20th. Oh, and that's just Feb- the way we are. Yeah, February 15th was the 24-year anniversary I met my wife at the Rolling Stones. Wow, wow. And we didn't celebrate because we're going to celebrate big, and you'll be there on 25, proving once again. <laughs> we're, we're kicking the can down the road to a 20 20- five-year anniversary party because i think the day you meet someone that you end up being your partner with or spend that's your, the your day with, that's the day you should that's celebrate. the day yeah you can, a lot of times the you're you're yeah you're uh you're you're the day of your wedding a lot of times there's a lot of politics that goes into that it's the seasonal uh pick there's a lot of stuff that goes into that's not very romantic necessarily but the day you meet that's romantic because the universe puts you together yeah, I had a very big wedding with a lot of people traveling to Vegas from Illinois, where my wife's from, from New York, where I'm I've from. I've seen the videos. Elvis in a Speedo. You got married in a chapel by Elvis wearing a Speedo, right? As my wife and my mother-in-law, who listens, will tell you, I got married in a church. Oh, okay. an angel cathedral. That's how, that's how rumors get started. Cathedral. Now, what it's funny about that story, and there's nothing funny about getting married in a church, was we got married in a church. Well, that's not what people picture in Vegas. Well, yeah, we got married in a big Catholic cathedral on the Strip. The Guardian Angel is right on the Strip, and it's always in a shadow because it's under the shadow of Encore and Wind. <laughs> when I got married there, that was not an issue. There was nothing there now because they have these giant casino resorts wow. that it's covered in a shadow for most of the day year that puts the That puts the bingo out of business. <laughs> uh, it's incredible, but... Uh, and then we had another part of that story. We weren't planning on talking about this, but it just jumped out like our podcast is I worked for a company named Sports Fan Radio Network back then. And they were one of the first ever sports radio syndicators. And they had a brick bus and a bust, a bus with my face on the side of it. And it wasn't a great picture. You know, that's what I'm really disappointed. It wasn't <laughs> a great picture of me. I was in an old sports coat. I was kind of pointing and it was a giant picture 
of my head, and it was the JT the Brick bus. And at the time, uh, the company let me have the bus to transport all the guests to the wedding from the church all the way to the reception at the Monte Carlo, which is now the Park MGM, the Monte Carlo. And that's where we had our reception with well over 300 high to 400 people there and a couple of wedding crashers and just a good time. So it started off at a Catholic church and it ended in the McDonald's of the Monte Carlo when my father-in-law had to go over the bill and had to go over the bill with a pen and bell. Never forget that moment after we asked him nicely if we could extend the wedding reception by one hour. <laughs> he agreed to that. Oh, wow. And he looked at the bill afterwards, and you can imagine it was a great moment. Oh, it was very kind. Well, what's amazing, also, not only was it nice of your father-in-law to open up his wallet, but uh, sports talk radio stations used to do that back in the day. Oh. I remember uh, it was unbelievable. At Extra Sports 1150, we had a 24-hour staff. And every show had one guy to answer the phones and one or two producers for every show. And now they have a couple of live shows and syndicated around the rest of the of the day, which never really bothered us for most of our career because we were part of that syndication. But nevertheless, it was amazing how many guys. I did morning drive updates for two years on Extra Sports 1150, and I had my own producer for updates. <laughs> Who would pull sound, and we'd have you know editorial ideas about what the lead should be. Like it was a real professional operation with lots of people in it. Now everyone's on their own. No one talks about the glory days because everybody's living in the glory days. Right. This is the golden age and glory days of television. Right. We often talk about that, but in sports radio, if you start in the history of sports radio, I know you can find someone who did it in 1967 and talked on an AM radio. I'm talking about the real history of sports radio. Oh, the 24-7 format. Yeah, still, the 24-7. Yeah, yep. A lot of people go back to Mike and the Mad Dog, WFAN. They go yep. to Pete Franklin before that. Wherever you go, wherever you go with that, what, was, what will never happen again is that we'll never have the golden age of the remotes and the big ones. Radio Row, we just hosted the podcast from Radio right. Row. That's different. But the ability when your radio station or your syndicator sends you out consistently to do shows in front of a crowd. Hooters, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. whatever it was. And the reason this will never happen again, and the consultants don't want to tell you this, because they don't get paid if they don't consult and, and, and tell you Captain Obvious shit. But the reason it won't happen again is people don't have the attention span to sit at a radio show and sit there for two hours and listen, including commercials. Right. And other things. They don't have time because everybody gets their information in three to four minute video slices on their phone or three to four minute recaps. And we're grateful that people listen to us podcast for 35 to 45 minutes because we hope they enjoy the content. But those days will never come back again because the listener has been told we don't need you out there. We don't expect you to come. We don't expect you to invest that much time. in. We don't expect you to call. Right. We don't have, you know, we'll read your tweet instead of having you call. And that goes back to a conversation about callers and the importance of callers. There are some program directors who still understand the importance of it. I work at Mad Dog on Sirius XM. It's heavy calls. You know, the call's got to be good to stay on the air. If the calls stink, you don't deserve to be on the air. That'll never change. But the program director or the consultant doesn't understand that those are the most loyal of the loyal of the loyalist listeners. The people who are completely invested. And from time to time, you got to throw them a bone. you got to have an right. opportunity to invite them out to a remote. 
give them something and thank them for listening. You know, well, you and I are people, people, and you're a fraternity president, and we have the same friends since kindergarten. I've met Jimmy B. I don't, you've never met Grubber the prison guard or Bobby or, uh, because when you, you were supposed to meet Bobby, I have a Bobby, you got a Bobby J, I got a Bobby B. <laughs> and, uh, but that's when you had your operation on your elbow. Uh, but nevertheless, um, we are people, people, and I, yeah, we used to do the Hooters remotes on Tuesday. The Hooters on Tuesday was Pasadena. The Hooters on Friday was Long Beach. So much fun waking up, talking to your producer and say, where are we going today? And you would go out ahead the Hooters in Santa Monica every other Wednesday. It was really great. And listeners would come out. You'd meet listeners. Other talk show hosts would come out, sometimes even from the other stations to say hi. They listened. It was a great camaraderie, you're right, which it doesn't quite have. And uh, it, it's, well, you don't know when you're in the good old days. So that's why you should always celebrate each day like it is. A good old day. And, and the ability to bring people together, you know, the mass remotes, the Jim Rome remotes, tour stops there was. Right. The big Mike and the Mad Dog ones in New York City. I went on, and we went on, but early in my career, we did massive remotes in Detroit. Boston won the World Series. I bought kegs out right. of my own pocket and had them sponsored and did keg parties in Boston. Those are some of the best memories I ever had in radio because it was just so raw and just quick and fun and you had to put it together and you had to print t-shirts and you had to invite people and get them the location and promote it on the radio and hope you had some print promotion and other radio promotion throughout the day really was fun and i'm it's unfortunate the younger broadcasters aren't going to experience that and they're going to do a remote every once in a while and think that's the norm no it wasn't the norm the norm of the big remote is not what it used to be and you also did a remote from the world's largest hooters in dallas texas for the super bowl during the, the biggest ice storm still to ever hit Dallas. Stools up. And the, and the famous picture of that is stools up. I get to the remote. It's the world's largest Hooters, and every single stool was on top of the table. <laughs> they only stayed I, open so you could do the remote. They only stayed open so I could do the remote. No one was allowed to come. It was the <laughs> Dallas Super Bowl and the ice storm, and we promoted it for, and that was another good thing, God God, please bless Rob Ortega. His wife keeps in touch with me. He was a limo driver. Cool. Who drove you on the black ice. Yeah, he drove me on the black ice. And for our new podcast listeners, we're going to the Super Bowl, and I had a, we had to do the whole week from Dallas, Monday to Friday. And Monday, the flights were canceled because of the weather, and Dallas was awful. So then they flew us into San Antonio. And I got to San Antonio, and I remember doing the show that night that was a tuesday night so we missed dallas monday we missed it tuesday i got to san antonio did the show tuesday night and rob o as we called them said hey i'm taking my limos to dallas because that's where i make my money during the super bowl i'll take you i said great i'll go with you and he picked me up in a big black stretch limo and we took off from san antonio driving all the way to dallas and as we were driving along the way started took us to this great barbecue place, fantastic, the big smoke or something smoking we ate. We had this great time, and then we got back, and I didn't sit in the back of the limo. I sat. I was going to ask you, you didn't sit back and watch television so you didn't have to see the no, treacherous driving and bite your that. nails? So he, he was driving, obviously, and I was his passenger in the front of the limo. 
And we finally get to about 30 miles outside of Dallas. And it was the scene in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy finally sees, <laughs> you know, she sees Oz. And remember, right. she's got the poppy field she's got to right. run through. And yes. then she ran through the poppy fields and what happened? She just passed out and fell yeah. asleep. Well, that was similar to me. We were about 30 miles outside of Dallas and we started picking up speed. We were excited. Then we hit black ice, black ice, which you never see. And the limo started moving and swaying and moving and swaying. And we went off the road, not into a ditch, but we went significantly off the road and there was no damage to the vehicle. And we waited a few minutes and we pushed one side of it out and we got out, put it in neutral and got it out of this little bit of hole. And then it was into Dallas. We pulled up to the Hooters, checked at the hotel and nobody came. (laughs) How's that for a remote? It was incredible. It was really a, a memory that I'll never forget. Uh, we're at war. Not we, but the world is at war. Ukraine is at war. And we're making sure this is mostly a sports podcast, but we've chronicled our experience with COVID and we've documented where we were at every stage of COVID. And I bring up the Ukraine-Russian war now, Russia invading Ukraine. It's the largest buildup of military and invasion since World War II. It's all over television it's everywhere, and we pray for those innocent civilians, and we hope that there isn't a massive loss of life. Mm. I bring this up because you and I were on the radio the night of shock and awe, shock and awe in Iraq, and we were on the air the night of 9-11. Yeah. So there's not many broadcasters who can say that. You do great news anchoring at KABC. I was on last night, and at one point last night, I said on Sirius XM, the war has begun because it did. I oh. said, man. Shock and awe, 9-11, and now the invasion of Ukraine all throughout my career. And I just had a pit in my stomach. It's really tough when you have to say that over the air. The first major event in the world that happened while we were on the air post-Twitter was the earthquake and tsunami in Japan. And we said to stop talking about sports, and we looked at the televisions because we had you know four of them in the studio. As, you know, oceans were covering airports and nuclear power plants, and we just talked about that. And I think that night, at least for me, it was, I guess, because of the human humanity of our show, got more Twitter followers on any one single night on that night when we weren't talking sports because we were talking life and death, what was happening there. And it's it's a fascinating when you are on the air when those historic things happen and you know one thing that isn't getting much coverage an american citizen is the mayor of kiev we always called it kiev chicken kiev growing up now it's kiev yeah kiev the mayor of kiev is an american citizen who for a long time lived in marina del rey california naturalized american citizen former heavyweight champion vitaly klitschko is the mayor of Kiev, mm-hmm. and you know he and his brother remember were always proud ukrainians who came over during the soviet days so they could fight free men in the united states and they were rock'em sock'em robots amazing stiff but incredible fighters that both captured pieces of the heavyweight championship crown became american citizens bright guys so i think both got their doctorates vitaly klitschko and his brother and vladimir and 
that's also that's he, he had amazing chicken soup for the soul story of going back to his country and wanting to serve his country as mayor of Kiev, and now look what happens. And the president, Vladimir Zelensky, seems like a very brave <clears throat> young man, the president there, yeah. as he didn't want this to happen, and he's looking for help around the world, and it's just a difficult time. So we wanted to chronicle that in the podcast. We're not going to get into opinions about specific aspects of this, but I will tell you about how you consume your news now. This is an important moment in the history of cable news. The history, because this is the largest aggressive move in Europe since World War II. So no matter what's happened in Europe, and there's been some bad moments and some bad political stories, cable news is pretty young in the big picture. Right. They haven't, they've been able to talk about it and spin it, spin it any way they like. You have three major cable news networks, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, and they all look at it differently. I think CNN does a good job just showing you the war. And giving you more. This war is what they usually do best is when they can point their cameras at a flood, an earthquake, a riot, or a war. Of course. Right. And then the other two politicize everything, and it's complete politics, no matter where you want to get your politics, right. the way you're comfortable getting your politics. And it's pretty uncomfortable when pundits are trying to give their, not analysis, but their opinions on the war and the history of this country, Russia after the breakup of. Uh, the Soviet Union and what Ukraine is and what it used to be. And there's such a fucking political agenda by some of these pundits who get paid not to deliver the news, but to make it opinionated. And it's really uncomfortable to watch. And there was a time in this country that no matter what, when something like this happened, and by the way, this is in modern times until very recently when something like this happened, people would just support the president. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons why Putin felt comfortable going in was he, he realized, oh, things are so polarized in America. They won't even support their president if I go in. And he was right. That's why I always had a feeling he would. And that's disappointing to see because we need to support the free countries like we are and support our uh, politicians as they try to do right thing to fight evil. Our guys are the good guys, no matter what they are. Our guys are the good guys here. And the Ukrainians are the good guys, and we should be supporting them. Well, the problem is the United States, China, Russia are all badasses when it comes to war. Yep. They all have nuclear weapons. Yep. They all have submarines. They all have massive armies. So when all of them get involved or one of them get involved, it's big news. Because if one of those big countries gets angry and decides they're going to do something, even though everybody's saying, don't, 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 please, sanction, sanction, no. If they go forward with it, there's a lot of blood. Right. If somebody decides they're going to help one side or the other, then one another's yeah. Then then we, we could even be in for more more trouble. And before we move on to talking about the National Basketball Association, better known by its gangster name, the NBA, I need to talk about Athletic Greens. One scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, just to start your day right. Tons of people take multivitamins, but you should start with Athletic Greens. Their special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly. It's a wide range of diets. Only one gram of sugar, no chemicals, no artificial anything. Reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition from Athletic Greens. Just one scoop and a cup of water and you're done. 
And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's the Believe Radio Network spelled B-L-E-A-V. Athleticgreens.com slash believe. And by the way, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Lakers are interesting now because the Lakers aren't playing well, and now they're pointing fingers. And in sports, we love when everybody points fingers. (laughs) Everyone can be accountable and say, you know, we suck. You know, we're underachieved. It's on me. Very rare in sports now. And everybody starts to point. So you're on the ground in Los Angeles. Yes. spoke to a couple of L.A. insiders the last couple of nights, including our friend George Sedano and other. I had Meta, used to be Meta World Peace. Yes. Oh, the great Ron Artest. Yes. Ron Artest. I spoke to Ron Artest, and, God, it was so cool because he's a coach. He'll coach youth basketball, which he does, high school, the G League, whatever he can do. Anybody invites him to coach. You're in Venice Beach and you're playing. You want to have advice. Ron Artest will come right up to you and coach your guys. He truly is really unique at that Interesting point. character. You know, uh, you know, he always had the crazy reputation, but uh, what a lot of people don't realize, he was a math major at St. John's. Yeah. Very sharp sharp guy. And we talked about a lot of things from the all-star game to some other topics, but my big takeaway on the Lakers, as we speak, we don't know the information we're getting now because LeBron has rich Paul as a a fantastic agent. Who's making him so much money and LeBron like him or not. A lot of people don't like when he talks from politics or says certain things every once in a while, he'll get tripped up. Unlike Jeter and Michael Jordan, who never did and tiger woods, well, Tiger got in enough trouble, as we know recently. Right. I, I, he never got tripped up in the way that most athletes get tripped up, and that is with police. Yeah. Considering how long he's been Good famous point. and how 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 he was f- to be famous between 15 and 25 when your brain isn't fully developed and not drive your car drunk or get arrested for something is pretty amazing, famous or not. <laughs> and for LeBron, LeBron now has to own this. And there's a whole bunch of different reports from The Athletic and people who are embedded with the team on ESPN, and they all have differing opinions. But it seems like a divorce could be brewing with LeBron James, the Lakers, Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss. We'll find out down the road what's going to happen here. But this is another example that LeBron needs to own it. This is the team he wanted. Russell Westbrook came to his house drinking wine in his Bel-El mansion. Carmelo, they played great together internationally at the Olympics won multiple Olympic medals. Anthony Davis, they pulled out of New Orleans. Still had years on his contract. They pulled him out wearing the same shirt you're wearing on the podcast, the Looney Tunes. His said, that's all, folks. And that was an ugly end in New Orleans. So they all wanted to be together, and it's not working out, and now no one wants to be accountable. Yeah, and of course they don't want to be accountable, but uh, because I guess that's the, uh, that's the age that we live in, or maybe that's just humanity. But... I do think that it's really surprising that they didn't, because LeBron hasn't been that bad a GM over the years, and he's been able to win whether or not he was right about the moves his teams made. He always seemed to get, you know, he he could get Della Ladova into the finals, right? (laughs) He didn't matter who else was on the team, but he can't seem to push this one over the finish line. This is an amazing all-world team on paper. The problem is, well, the number one problem is the youngest guy. The number one problem is Anthony Davis. 
abnormally large people have abnormal health problems and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So maybe LeBron wasn't wrong. It's just that Anthony Davis wasn't healthy. You're right. And these injuries, a lot of them to Anthony Davis, because he does break down in his lower extremities, his legs, his ankles. He, he rolled his ankle. He should have broke it. It's, oh, it's incredible yeah. that he didn't break it. And he's also so had some bad luck throughout the season, too. You know, there were certain people. Andrew Bynum was one of those guys over the years where they weren't necessarily injury prone as much as they were also bad luck prone. Yeah, that's what injuries are. we got to remember this very important point. When you get to the Olympics, the NBA, the NFL, injury prone, you work out a lot. And if you continue to have, say, a hamstring injury or a calf and it just doesn't get better or you have smaller things that just never heal right people can say oh here comes Looney in the gym he's injury prone he's always talking about not being right something's always seeming to be breaking down these superior athletes when they get injured they get injured they didn't wake up in the morning out of shape they right. didn't take a practice off and say oh I'm gonna roll my ankle today to the point where it looks like it broke and then you have people say well he's injury prone And this time, I really banged the drum on that. No, Anthony Davis isn't injury prone. He went up to get a ball, came down on another player's foot, rolled his ankle to the point where it almost broke. That doesn't mean he's injury prone. That doesn't mean his knees are weak and he always gets hurt. He got injured. It's a fluke. Well, uh, in that particular case, yes. Sometimes, though, as I mentioned, because of his size, people that size tend to have ticky-tack injuries throughout their career. The argument on the other side of that could be basketball players do because they play so often they're jamming fingers and landing on feet and landing on balls and breaking their wrinkles and turning their wrinkles and getting poked in the eye. And it never seems to end uh, because the season never seems to end. It it starts in September. It, you know, it starts in the fall and ends in the summer. So it's uh, those guys also don't get enough rest. And one thing that when you take a look at LeBron James, Okay, this roster didn't get it done, but he's had an amazing year for it. Is that the greatest? Is, is he the greatest basketball player at his age ever? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what the everyone else was broken out. down by then. Yeah, and that's and I don't want to get into the Michael Jordan, LeBron. But oh, that's driving me crazy. I know well, this is a list show. Yo, you don't want to do a list show no. tonight? No, there, there are actually guys in the media now, in sports media, who are cutting the line because they're being told and instructed by their mentors. Just come up with a list. A list. Every day, come up with a list, and even if you don't believe yeah. it, make it up, make it be bullshit, and just own it. Own it and say that. Every talk radio show now is just USA Today. It's the top five and top ten lists. But what was interesting about the top 75 players, which was a fascinating mm-hmm. list that they came up with. And they got it right. You know why they got it right? Because the sharpest minds in basketball put it together. Not you and me. The, the people that are in the business did it. And they came down to the 75. And I was like, wow, why is Carmelone? ESPN had the list 75 to 1. And Bill Russell kind of could have moved up a little bit higher. And mm-hmm. Wilt was over Russell. And people were like, well, I don't know about that. Wilt... Russell won 11 championships compared to Wilt. So that's a fair debate. But when it all it came down to the final two, it was LeBron James and Michael Jordan. That meant that this list, which is the list now, had LeBron over Larry Bird, Magic, Shaq, Kobe. So he's already there. Right. He's already there at number two. And the question now becomes, what does he have to do to get to number one? And this is one of the more debated topics which get people angry because some people have a closed mind and say it's over. It's over because Jordan's got six. 
LeBron doesn't. LeBron lost multiple finals, which is all fair. But LeBron's not done yet. And I remind people that Jordan could never play when he was in high school and go to the NBA, a big point of yours. Mm-hmm. Number two, he won six. He was 6-0. and oh. What happened to all the other times he didn't get to the finals? All those other seasons. And what happened with the Wizards? LeBron went from team to team. Okay, I'll move to Miami. I'll get a championship there. I'll move to Cleveland. Back to Cleveland. I'll get a championship for them. I'll move to L.A. and get a championship for them. That's, Michael couldn't do that either. He tried. See, I'll disagree on that. I'll push back because at the end of Michael, I believe, and whoever's listening here, just hit us up at Talk Brick or at Looney on Fox. I believe Jordan went to the Wizards with a partial ownership play with that. There was some type of piece there. But, you know, Jordan was playing today. If we went back in the hot tub time machine, he'd never go to the Wizards. Durant would have never gone to the Wizards, and he's from there. You go, if you're going to make one more move, you try to go get a championship. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, he's trying well, then, to win then, then, that, then that's, that's a mark against his greatness. He didn't know better. He, made yeah. him, he, he did something he wasn't able to accomplish. I... I just, he's just not as good at the same age as LeBron. He's nowhere near as good. And <laughs> LeBron's not only passing him in stats, he's lapping him now. It's and like, I, I, think, I think you should get credit when you go to the finals more, even if you lose. Great point. See, because especially when I mean, not convince, you cannot convince the Jordan lovers, the Jordan ass kissers that. So the point you're making, Jordan goes 6-0 and in the finals when he doesn't get there. He doesn't win or lose because he never got there. So if LeBron goes to the NBA Finals as a young player and is flawed and loses to Dirk Nowitzki and Jordan never got to the finals at the same age, what's worse? And the Jordan lovers think it's great that Jordan didn't get there because he didn't have a stain. He didn't lose. They love this 6-0 and Jordan. They love the Montana 4-0 and in the Super Bowl. They love that. They love that. Yeah, and people have golden age syndrome with sports, daddy issues, as I always mention with this too, that uh, that that Michael's daddy and Kobe was stepdaddy and so is LeBron and you're not my real dad. Michael is. And people just really have this uh, unbending opinion on Michael Jordan. I- I've never seen it compared to any other athlete ever. People love to sit around, have debates with boxing and Muhammad Ali versus the rest, and no one gets offended. If you say it wasn't Muhammad Ali over the years with quarterbacks, no one gets offended. If you say it's not Joe Montana, and I don't think it is, but if you say it's not Michael, people get offended. They do. (laughs) The question becomes, what does LeBron have to do to, to catch him? That's really the debate topic podcast of all time. If most people believe he's at number two, and not everybody believes that, there's people that think Kareem is better than LeBron and Jordan. But people, and Magic Johnson and a lot of Magic Johnson right. is LeBron's almost like a carbon copy of Magic Johnson. And I always thought Magic Johnson was the greatest I ever saw size, speed, could play every position. You know, my opinion about the greatest football players, could they have played every position or, or did they play multiple positions? And in basketball, a couple of guys did, including Magic Johnson and LeBron James. Absolutely. They played multiple positions. Yeah. So how does LeBron catch Jordan? And I'll tell you how. This is my theory. He's got to get to six because we, we're dealing with so many people. We can't move that many people and convince them. So I'm not even going to attempt to. He's got to get yeah. to six. And he's at four. And he could have been at five this year if Anthony Davis didn't get hurt. They didn't get right. Russell Westbrook. They built a better team. 
So let's say he plays three more years after this. He's saying he's going to play until his son comes. Bronny comes to the NBA, which will happen. It's just going to be like LaMelo Ball and Lonzo Ball. We knew they were coming from high school, and they were going to do a one-and-done-and-go, and we know where Bronny is, so he's going to do that. If LeBron can get to five, which I think he can, he'll be one behind Jordan. He'll have more points, rebounds, assists, block shots than Jordan in the regular season and in the playoffs where Michael was a god. So I'll have him beat and lapped in every statistical category. He'll have five rings, and then his son will be coming into the league. If he goes with his son and win, it's over. Because legacy-wise, no one will ever be able to write a better script than that. Right. People will not have seen Michael Jordan play. He played in the 90s. Okay, so we'll be talking about 2026, 2027. We'll get to 2030, and people will have that debate and go, holy shit, LeBron won with his son? How did he do that on top of winning five and he's got six? And look at the numbers compared to Jordan. Hey, it won't be an argument. How about just playing long enough and healthy enough and well enough to play with your son? That also adds to your greatness. I always think longevity, something you can't always control, is part of what makes you a Hall of Famer, part of what makes you the best of all time. And do you think then, so that's the plan. LeBron James will eventually, whatever team drafts his son, He'll he will just play him. less. He'll take less money and go play for that team. 100%. He'll play for yep. free. He won't. He won't be allowed to, but he'll play right. for close to free. He'll do one of those dirty Carmelone deals to the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, remember when Carmelone tried to Nothing jump on dirty when no one that. was looking, and he said, I'm over here. I'll come. I'll play for like, uh, I'll play for $5 million or whatever that number is. So that could possibly happen. And it goes back to, say, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Should have won two Super Bowls by now. Mm-hmm. Okay, should have won two. He's got one. He's got one. And there's a really good chance he might not win another one soon. But he'll right. be in the argument for a couple as of to, years. Ask Dan Marino how, get, how hard it is to get back to a Super Bowl. Mahomes will never catch Brady stats-wise because Brady played till 44. He'll never catch him Super Bowls because Brady got to seven. He didn't get to three or four. So in, the, in football, in our lifetime, no one will catch Brady. There's no little boy throwing in the backyard in some suburban Colorado town that's going to eventually be the next Tom Brady. We won't be around to see it. I just don't think it's possible. But in basketball, there's always the next John Morant, Kevin Durant. There's a Zion coming out of college. There's always some unique freak athlete who's a great basketball player. I think LeBron's going to set the bar so high, Tom, after Jordan, that it might be unattainable because of the length of their careers, the length of LeBron's career. The one thing that's really cool about the bar he set, like the one that Magic Johnson set, is that it's a team-oriented style. So there's going to be guys coming up that are emulating being a great passer. There, I like when guy, when kids, when little boys are imitating, rather than Steph Curry, they're imitating LeBron James. I want little boys imitating LeBron James because that's the team mentality. Oh, look, that guy over there has got a better shot than me. I'm going to pass the ball over there. And that's that's what LeBron James adds to the game that, that Michael Jordan didn't. The sense of selflessness for uh, for his teammates and, you know, passing it off to <laughs> the guys named Boogie and Della Vadova and Booger and everything else over the years. Who is the guy he used to pass? He used to make drive you nuts. Would pass it off in the corner with the funny name on Cleveland. Boy, he well, played Booby with a Gibson. lot of. Booby Gibson. Yeah, Booby Gibson. 
Yeah, he was. He made a lot. He made like like Peyton Manning made stars out of guys that weren't that good. Austin Collie. Uh, Michael Jordan made household names out of people who weren't that good. Paxton and Kerr, because they hit the open shot. Booby right. Gibson wasn't <laughs> as talented. <laughs> Goddamn right, he wasn't. Uh, I want to take a second, JT, to mention NordVPN. I had to look up what a VPN is. A VPN is a virus protection network, a virtual protection network. You know, they kind of hide your Internet activity in your location to avoid being tracked so you can freely browse the Internet without worrying about Big Brother looking over your shoulder. NordVPN gives you peace of mind. World's best VPN service, fastest connectivity, most servers, next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use your NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal right now. Go to NordVPN.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. Use the promo code believe, B-L-E-A-V. And get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. If you, It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's NordVPN. Get yourself some peace of mind with Nord. So they have the 75 greatest players, and mm-hmm. some of them, a number of them are dead. And Bill Russell is really old, and he couldn't be there due to COVID concerns. And I'm watching this, and they all come out in their blazers with that mm. 75 patch on. Right. And it, Vanessa Bryant is there courtside. And Kobe comes in. You know, they show Kobe's likeness. And Shaq comes out. And Kareem's there. And I'm going through this. And all of a sudden, a bunch of guys no-showed. And I, my blood was boiling. Because what they did is they had a fake backdrop, a great backdrop for the no-shows. And the NBA went to their home city because they had their blazers on, and they did this fake thing in front of no one. It was so poorly produced. Go back and look at it. <laughs> so Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Steve Nash are all sitting there, and they're waving their hand like the queen, and they're moving, and they're fake pointing like they're talking to a crowd, and it was all fake because they couldn't attend. I am fascinated to know why. I'm, I, I can't get it out of my head that who – would not show up for this thing. Now, Tim, uh, Kevin Durant couldn't be there. He wasn't even at the All-Star game because his grandmother died. Okay. But Bird That's didn't a good show excuse. Up. Bird didn't show up. Larry Bird? Steve Nash. Steve Nash is a current NBA coach, one of the 75 greatest. Right, still, in, like, un, maybe unlike Some Larry guy. Bird, still really incredibly hooked and tuned into the game that he played and now coaches in. You know who showed up at the guard position? Isaiah Thomas. Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson, they were all there. Steve Nash wasn't there. And the one that got me most concerned was Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan wasn't there, and he's widely considered the greatest power forward of all time. And Moses Malone, a power forward center, categorizes that. He passed away. You know, you see Bill Walton was there. Kareem was there, a lot of the big men. And I, they had Tim Duncan. They showed him with the blazer on. He had the dreadlocks, the different look for him. We... We love different looks. Yes. Offended. We love that. <laughs> Tim Duncan didn't show up. Well, we always had that philosophy: never make fun of non-white hair. We have, a, we don't have. A, but I, I'm, you know, Tim Duncan, though, no excuses. But maybe the reason he was always kind of aloof. 
You can't be aloof at the 75. <laughs> you can't be aloof at the 75. I said it with no excuses. I'm saying. Uh, Pat, you're, you're, everybody who's there, you're looking around going, oh, my God, there's Julius Irving. There's, so, every, so Duncan's not there, but reports are Duncan's gone through a lot of financial problems mm -hmm. with his first divorce, bad investment. We're playing on spirit. <laughs> Car, so Carmelone wasn't there. Then there was something cool because Ray Allen doesn't talk with Kevin Garnett, and I believe Paul Pierce. So Ray Allen walked right towards Kevin Garnett, fist-bumped Michael Jordan, and Garnett just looked to the crowd, looked to the ceiling, and you could see the, the, oh. the angst on his face. So he had a little bit of drama. Come on, girls. Jeez. But the biggest one, I saved the best for last, the biggest no-show, Scottie Pippen. Oh, my God. Scottie Pippen wrote a book basically saying he's better than Jordan. Went after Phil Jackson hard. And Scottie Pippen's got one thing to live for in life other than his kids. He had an ugly divorce. His ex-wife hangs out with the Kardashians. How would I know that? I know that. And <laughs> Scottie Pippen didn't show up. And Michael Jordan was there. You want to talk about awkward. That's why he didn't come. Right. But Pippen would have had one chance in his life with that beautiful blazer with the 75 patch to stand there with everyone. And it would have been his crowning moment of his career as everybody saw how great he was and he no-showed it too, Tom. No matter what the 401k is, the bank account says, of course, no one's ever happy with whatever that is, even the wealthiest of the wealthiest. But no matter what, for us regular people, nobody could pay me enough to write a book where I gossiped or spoke ill of teammates People I worked with, even though the ones who weren't my favorite, I don't want to put it in a book. A co-workers and friends. You can burn a few bridges here and make a few million. No thanks. I'll stick with what I got in the bank. Why don't why didn't Scotty do that? Why don't more people do that? Maybe they didn't have the friends and family that we did and don't realize how death. They, the, how death. much more important that is. You know, you you would never put anything negative about Jimmy being a book to make a nickel, and or or fifty other friends because you know we're, we're both people. If we named our ten best friends, we wouldn't want to write it down because we know we would offend number eleven. And I I'm stunned that 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 assholes would write books about friends and teammates and coworkers even if they didn't like them. That's not manly. On the next podcast, my review of the Metallica and Billy Joel concert. I'm going to this weekend, a back-to-back, -back, a belly-to-belly, -belly, Metallica and Billy Joel, Friday, Saturday night at Allegiant Stadium, home of the Raiders. Still I'm going to concerts, Metallica. drinking and staying out until 4 in the morning. Grow up. In 32 seconds. Wow. Thank you for listening to all 42 minutes and 32 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast, powered by Bet Online where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.